everybody. I'm Kelly Ellers. I'm Jeffrey Lemon. And this is Volume Up by the Tees. Before we begin our usual programming, we want to recognize Juneteenth by meditating on a quote from the 44th President Barack Obama. It reminds us that the recognition of the 19th as a national holiday does not mean that our journey towards equality has been reached. Juneteenth has never been a celebration of victory or an acceptance of the way things are. It's a celebration of progress. It's an affirmation that despite the most painful parts of our history, change is possible and there is still so much work to do. Here at the Tees, we believe that there is a lot of work to be done in the beauty industry to end racism and work towards equality for all people, regardless of their hair type, skin color, or country of origin. We wanna take a moment to recognize this celebration as we are dedicated as a team to continue the progress each and every day. So I hear that it was Father's Day yesterday. I know that. I know that it was. <laughs> we all know. We, the Hallmark company of the world makes us all know. Um, and I feel like you're not here for a lot of those Hallmark holidays, are you? No, no, mm. no. And especially not Father's mm. Day. I mean, yeah. but that's that's a different podcast, I think. Um, but it was fun. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's always nice to get like a little card. It is. My, and we the, talked about this. No the, food. There was no food. Oh. Nobody's preparing me anything, which is fine. Okay. I, I don't want it. I no I've seen where that. my four-year-old's hands have been. I don't want her <laughs> prepping food for me, but it's just as well. Um, no, she's getting super into art, which is very cute. Um, it's really cute. And I'm enjoying her renderings of me, mm-hmm. which is what I was gifted. Anyway, how That's was amazing. your Father's Day? Both it was for good. your father and for your husband. Father and husband were great. And, you know, I think it's a time to celebrate anyone who has played a vital sort of role in yes. your life, whether yes. well actual father or non-father. And did you know <laughs> that the original holiday is actually, it was given to Sonora Smart Dodd of Spokane, Washington, whose father was a Civil War veteran, raised her and her five siblings after her mother, their mother died in childbirth. Wow. So like how interesting though, right? To be like, we should have a day for our day. I mean, all right. I feel like I that is that. what should be. Yeah. We should hear about that much right. more often than the assumption that I made that it's just a, you know, ploy for <laughs> some cash, a cash grab. Um, I don't know if Sonora Smart Dot would be in favor of that, quite frankly, but I, I'd, I'd like to think she wouldn't. We commercialize everything. And let's talk about a commercial about last week's podcast <laughs> episode. <laughs> On last week's episode, we talked with Sam Via and Rachel Heil. The Sam Via brand has partnered with the Beyond Project to bring services to women coming out of the most vulnerable situations like human trafficking, homelessness, and abuse. The Beyond Project coordinates with nonprofit services like the Salvation Army to bring hairdressers and makeup artists to local markets. Rachel, founder and executive director of the Beyond Project, has joined Sam Via's digital education events. And at stages, at shows like ABS and Premier Beauty to talk about the project and how it's helped provide dignity and care to women in very dire need. Mm. An amazing, amazing pod. If you like learning more about the industry and those who are enacting change and creating a better world, make sure you subscribe, rate and review, and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok at Read the Teas and send in questions to volume up at thetease.com. And on this week's episode, we talk with Jen Lyles. Jen is a beauty school marketing and lead generation expert, now serving as the executive director of Beauty Schools Marketing Group. She's worked as a communications director for the American Association of Cosmetology Schools before pivoting to the school side as a marketing director for a four-campus beauty and wellness school in Southern California, where she was awarded Best Beauty School Marketer in the Nation. We are talking with Jen on her work with promoting beauty schools, as well as discussing how you market to those that may have stereotypes of making a career decision in beauty. And there are several of them, which we all get into. But before we get started, let's talk about something that none of us can escape. uh, And that is that wedding season is upon us. It's here. And, you know, we'd had Courtney, possibly or not possibly Brittany. We're going to see how that all netted out. That Beckham kid, Victoria Beckham's kid. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> There's lots of it, but you know, we could go on and on about the hits or misses. But any wishes that you did or did not do on your big day, Jeff? Like, let's go back. Let's go back. Uh, I mean, no, I mean, I think we did it the right way. Our ceremony okay. was like a 20 minute, like 
not a big production and then it was just like a big party and i feel like that's the most important part of a wedding is like the reception totally yeah so i wouldn't i wouldn't go back and change maybe i mean there were noise ordinances so we couldn't mm-hmm. party past like 10 30 i think because yeah. it was an outdoor event that would yeah. be something that maybe i yeah. could i would change because it was a fun time we carried it on into the hotel but i mean you know what about you yeah no i mean we got married in wine country and I remember when I checked into the hotel, they were like, so did you hear it's going to be record heat this weekend? <laughs> and they had my wedding dress. And I was like, huh? Like, this is supposed to be like, huh? Like early, like mid to 70, right? 70, mm-hmm, 65 mm-hmm, to 70. Mm-hmm. We had heaters reserved and it was a blazing hot. And no. I don't like the sun. Or the blazing heat. And it was all of those things. And so, you know, the wine was pouring and luckily we did have a bus for everyone. So that was a total good move on our part. It was a wonderful time and very picturesque and beautiful. So yeah, that was it. I think it was 14 years ago, 13 or 14. (laughs) And it goes so quick. Uh, No, we're, I mean, we're excited for everybody that's finally getting to do it. I mean, this is Mm -hmm. a backlog Lots of right. COVID delays and all of that stuff. Um, I just, wow, it's a lot. It's a lot. So Godspeed to the hairstylists and the makeup yep. artists that are going to be booked solid all summer long. And tag us in some wedding packs. We'd love to see some Yes, hair. for sure. All right. Let's talk about what's trending on the site. Our okay. editorial team has been hard at work this week uncovering industry news, looking into trends, and diving into brands that you don't know, but you probably should. And here are some of our favorite headlines on the tease.com. First up. Seven bond building treatments for every hair type. At this point, we all know the telltale signs of hair damage, dryness, dullness, breakage, split ends, extreme frizz. These things are not good. Excessive heat styling and frequent coloring slash lightening can break the bonds that give our hair strength, elasticity, and shine. Thankfully, these bonds can be repaired with the help of bond building products that work from the outside in, from masks to conditioners with bond building technology to traditional bonding treatments, head to thetees.com to read about the best available on the market. Now, Kelly, I know this about mm-hmm. you. You are a fan of a bonding treatment. So of the ones that we list on thetees.com, which of them are you actually using? Well, I am a bonding queen, if you will. Because <laughs> back to that very fragile sort of thin hair, I can't risk any of it breaking. So (laughs) I've used the OG Ola P Olaplex. Mm -hmm, Yep. Yep. mm -hmm, Check, check. mm -hmm, Totally mm -hmm, works. mm -hmm. Love it. Use some K18. Also love need to pick me up some more, but I've, I've been pretty true to my Brazilian bond treatment. Um, It is like a bonding shampoo and conditioner. And then after a spray that just make sure it all sort of sticks together. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. really scientific. So I love, we mentioned the two, Olaplex and K18, but I also like Brazilian Bond, as I mentioned. And also on the .com, I want to try the Alterna Hair Care Caviar Anti-Aging because that's an overnight serum, which I think I can mm-hmm. get behind as well. Mm-hmm. We love a serum, whether yeah. it's for skin or for hair. We do. All right, things that we also love on the tease.com. This is something that's not exactly on the .com, but it is affiliated with our programming, you can find it on our YouTube, which plug, go to our YouTube mm-hmm. or on our Instagram or on our TikTok. And that is the Tease Talks series with Brittany Pierre, whom you guys met on a couple of podcasts back um, when we were doing our kickoff trend alerts and all of that good stuff. And she's guest hosted before. She is taking it to the streets, talking to people like, for example, professional nail artist Natalie Minerva, who you know from Euphoria. That's right the show euphoria mm-hmm. um yeah so go to the tease check out the tease talks for this specific series that she's doing with natalie minerva she is of course the celebrity nail artist who landed her big gig with hbo's hottest show and throughout season two viewers couldn't stop commenting on the fun and elaborate nail art before it was a little bit more about the makeup but then the nails really came into the spotlight so we talked about all of those things with her so you should check it out and let us know if you're going to try any of those trends, because I feel like you should. Kelly, would you do any of the Euphoria nail trends? A hundred percent. Almost all of them. Like, I'm down for the nail art. You know, I don't know. Maybe it was like because of Euphoria. Like, it's everywhere. We talk about it. And so my nail game has upped a lot in the last six to nine months. And so Natalie just had like this gut feeling that she should be on Euphoria. And so 
Alexa Demi, who plays Maddie in the series, she just happened mm-hmm. to come into her LA nail salon. Like talk about manifesting. Yep. They hit it off and she was like, I got to do your nails. So Demi went back to the show's producers, put in a good word and she got the gig. Like, dang, love it. Amazing. I like it when it comes together like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you can hear all about it. I mean, they get into everything on the Tease Talk. So shout out to Brittany. Totally. Go over again, YouTube, TikTok, Instagram Reels. Check it out. Let us know what you guys <laughs> think. And then last up, something that's actually really incredible. This article is called Concert Pharmaceuticals New Experimental Pill Shows Promise of Treating Alopecia, which is a little bit heavy, but I feel like we need to cover it. If you're a stylist that regularly works with clients that have alopecia, we've got good news. There's a new drug that's showing strong promise for treating the disease. Concert Pharmaceuticals, a U.S.-based drug company, recently announced the completion of a phase three clinical trial for a new twice-daily experimental pill that can combat alopecia-related hair loss. According to the company, this new drug has been extremely successful in clinical trials, restoring almost a full head of hair in roughly 30 to 40% of people with alopecia. As part of the clinical trial, Concert tested a pill on a group of 706 people with varying degrees of hair loss. The 24-week study explored many people who were able to regrow at least 80% of their hair, which is incredible news. Like, truly, we love to see it. Go to thetease.com for more information. Kelly, what are your thoughts? I mean, alopecia is... I'm so glad we're talking about it, right? 2.5 million individuals in the United States are affected by it. And so let's bring it to the forefront. Mm -hmm. I love that there's trials and solutions on the way and all of the things, right? And so we'll keep covering it here at thetease.com. Keep everybody updated. As always, so much going on at thetease.com. Thank you to our hardworking editors. We are proud to publish stories that salon pros and consumers care about. Next up, my interview with Jen Lyles. All right. Today on the pod, we have Jen Lyles. She is a beauty school marketing and lead generation expert, now serving as the executive director of Beauty School's marketing group. She worked as communications director for the American Association of Cosmetology Schools before pivoting to the school side as a marketing director for a four-campus beauty and wellness school in Southern California, where she was awarded best beauty school marketer in the nation. I mean, wow, right? That's a good one. Yikes. (laughs) Very proud of that. (laughs) That's that's a good accolade. (laughs) Most recently, she was an independent higher education consultant for vocational schools around the nation, working with some of the most well-known beauty schools in the country, and has helped dozens of schools increase their lead flow, conversion rates, and created high converting social ads for nearly 100 unique career schools. So knowing sort of the idiosyncrasies of what that means and creating those conversion rates, yikes, amazing, right? That is an art and a science. So kudos to you on not just that accolade, but all of them within your bio. So welcome to the pod. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Yes, amazing. So um, tell us a little about yourselves. For those listening who may not know who Jen Lyles is, give me your background. Tell us about where you started. Uh, Bring us up to speed on you. Great. So I'm from Canada. I actually am born and raised in Toronto and randomly moved to Alabama all by myself at the age of 18. I wanted to be a news reporter ever since I was a little kid. I wanted to be a news reporter. So I start waiting tables at Cracker Barrel. I get in school and I actually graduated with my degree in broadcast journalism. I became a news reporter for CBS in Huntsville, Alabama. Amazing. Turns out not so great. It was, okay. <laughs> it was really depressing, Kelly. To tell you really? I was a breaking news girl. So it's okay. like every fire, every car wreck, every death, I'm there on the scene. Oh. And I just knew it wasn't for me. I am mm. an emotional person. And yeah, I just, yeah. I'm interviewing funny. people crying. It just, it wasn't fun. It wasn't fun. And I didn't want to do it anymore. So in true Jen Lyles fashion, I ran <laughs> with my husband up and moved to Phoenix, Arizona. Okay. I had two job interviews. One was to be a dog blogger, like wow. to write a blog on behalf of a dog who visited nursing homes. <laughs> okay. That's and, niche. <laughs> and then one was at the American Association of Cosmetology Schools. Okay. Two very different paths. Very different. <laughs> they were both like communication jobs. And yeah. I had... I had my degree, you know, in communication, um, journalism. So I, I interviewed for both of them and I, Kelly, this is embarrassing. I was going to take the dog blogger. You were, 
You were, I was. Okay. I was like, I feel like I can really <laughs> channel the voice of this golden retriever. So I love it. Back. But my husband was like, I don't think that's going to be good for your long-term career. I don't <laughs> think you should take the other one. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was right. So I took the yeah. job at AACS and it, for those of you who are not familiar, AACS is an association for beauty schools. So beauty schools around this country join this association. Um, you know, there's a lobbyist in Washington fighting on behalf of these schools, which is fantastic. Yes. They also get all these resources for, you know, CRMs, digital marketing agencies, uh, leads, all that type of stuff. And, and then they can network with each other to learn how to better run their schools. Great. So AACS CS puts on annual conventions. I was involved with that. I was involved with the membership. I was involved with our board of directors. So I got to know for several years, you know, a good majority of the beauty schools in the nation. And then um, when I decided to leave that job, there was someone that sat on the board of directors. Her name was Linnell Lynch and she Mm -hmm. runs Bellis Academy in Southern California, very successful, well-known school. She did a great job. Like when she took over that, that school rebranding it and really made it like a premier Academy. She hired me to be her marketing director. Amazing. It was great. And my secret sauce to my success at Bellis was that I became best friends with Sarah, who was the admissions director. And this is, I mean, if I could give any tips to beauty schools out there, this is it. Okay. This is the gold. Marketers do not sit with students. We do not answer the phone. We do not know what they're saying in tours, but you know, who does your admissions Mm. team. Wow. So I became really good friends with admissions. Mm -hmm who would tell me like, Jen, this is what these people are saying. These are the questions they're asking. You know, this is the pushback I'm getting. And that would fuel my marketing brain to come up with really great campaigns. Wow! So that's the secret sauce to really, you know, getting more leads, getting more students is for marketing and admissions to work very closely together. But yeah, to answer your original question, I sort of just fell into this beauty school role, but I knew I loved marketing. I'm a natural marketer. In the fifth grade, I came up with an idea for a Gatorade commercial and okay. like, I played it in my head over and over. I was like, I want to make commercials one day. And it's funny because now like I'm kind of doing that with social media, yeah. but I love marketing and I really, really love this industry. Amazing. I think once you get into the industry, whether it's intentional or you fall into it or, you know, whatever it is, it's hard to leave, right? Because it, it's know, such a it, beautiful industry. That is so true. And I, I haven't even talked about what I'm doing now. So when I left Bellis, I ended up taking my ideas, you know, my boot camp, my ideas for schools. Yeah. And I created a training with Sarah and we would teach schools how to do what we did. Like, wow. Hey, this is how we got mm-hmm. more students. Y'all should take our tips. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, I did a lot of just consulting on the side with different vocational schools. And then I started working at Beauty Schools Marketing Group. A lot of people know them as Beauty Schools Directory. They run the number one online directory, okay, for beauty schools in the nation. And the point of the directory is to match potential students with schools in their area. So I'm now their executive director. We're creating new products. We're helping schools get more leads. And that's where I'm at now. Amazing. I love that. I love, you know, kind of the progression of your career and I can see the passion, right? I mean, it's, it's very niche, uh, you know, to have, you know, a a very niche, you know, perspective on admissions for vocational schools and certainly the love of our lives, the beauty industry. (laughs) Well, that's the thing is that when I went out on my own, I was working with, you know, nursing schools, plumbing, diving, kind of all the vocations and they're not as fun as beauty. Like mm-hmm. beauty to me is just, it's such a passion um, career, right? You yeah. have people who start in other careers and end up saying, no, I've, I've always wanted to do with hair and makeup. Like that's, yeah. that's my actual passion. And so that's why I knew this new position for me would be perfect. Cause I was back to doing exactly what I love, yeah. which is working directly with beauty schools. Amazing. So you talked a little bit about your role, but if you can expand on that, you know, like what led you to, you know, that role or how did you find that role? How long have you been in the role? 
So I was not looking for another job. Okay. I was on my own. I had my own business. I had lots of clients and I never had a hunt for them. They really just found me usually via LinkedIn or a, a recommendation from another school owner. I was fine coasting along doing my thing. Okay. The, um, so Throughline Marketing owns Beauty Schools Marketing Group. And one of the co-owners there, his name's Justin. He found me via LinkedIn. Really just, I think, to pick my brain. Like, hey, I know you're well-connected in this industry. Can I pick your brain on how to grow our directory? So we really just struck up a friendship. We started seeing each other at conferences. And he really recruited me for this role. He was like, I really think you'd be perfect in this role. Um, you know, it, what, it's not a position that we we've had before. We need new leadership here. And so after talking with him for a while and me just figuring out what I wanted to do with my yeah. life, it just seemed like a natural pivot for me. So right. I started officially in January in this. Okay. Role. Wow. All right. Yeah. Great. So but I mean, I use beauty schools directory as a marketing director, <laughs> right? Like I, like all yeah. the schools I worked with, they used it. So was very familiar with the product, yep. very familiar with the schools we're working with. So it doesn't feel like I did a 180. Yeah, for sure. It seemed like a very natural fit. Talking yeah. a little bit about beauty school marketing, what do you see are some of the challenges for the schools today? Um, and then, you know, follow up to that. Tell me about how you combat those challenges. Great question. So one of the challenges for beauty schools today is competition. Mm. not just with each other. And I think that is a misconception. Schools don't need to be afraid of other beauty schools. There is enough business for everyone to have enrollments. That to me is not the issue. You have community colleges that offer free, uh, they offer free curriculums. If if you come straight out of high school, Tennessee was the first state to do that. That's where I live. Wow. If you come out of high school with like a 2.0 or above GPA, you can go to community college for free. Huh. And community colleges have, have cosmetology programs. So mm-hmm. why, why would I pay $20,000 to go to a school if I can have this sure. one for free? So yeah. that, that's one. Another challenge when it comes to marketing for beauty schools is that people aren't looking at the right reports and the right data to determine okay. what they should be spending and what are realistic benchmarks. Okay. They're just not savvy in that area. And honestly, I would say the biggest challenge right now for marketing in general, not just beauty schools, is that everyone's a lot more savvy with digital ads now, right? Like if you got onto social ads back in the day, like with Facebook, oh my gosh, you were killing it because no one knew how to do it. Now you can't see one post without seeing an ad directly after. And so everyone is on Google, everyone is doing social ads. So there's a lot of noise out there. So standing out is really hard for schools. And then, you know, your second question is, how do you combat these challenges? So for starters, those community colleges do not have like booming salons for these students to practice their craft. Okay. Mm -hmm. They're also not required to help you find a job. Like right that these other schools are, you know, um, have on them. So there are lots of reasons why I would choose to go to a beauty school, like a more traditional one, as opposed to like a community college. So there are some very, you know, easy ways for schools to point out why you should come here. And and they, they really should be doing that. Another thing is that, you know, to combat the whole looking at data, they just need to, they need to learn that I'm constantly doing webinars for our membership. I talk a lot about this when I partner with, with other vendors, there's other vendors out in the space that are trying to teach schools to to look at the right reports. So that's something else. Uh, Owners can learn. There's a lot of school owners out there who opened up the school because they were behind the chair, but they're not business savvy. And I know yeah. that because I consulted with them. And yeah. so they need to learn how to look at their reports to be profitable. And then when it comes to the third challenge I talked about, um, when it comes to like all the digital noise out there, you just have to get creative, you guys. Yeah. And so this is why, this is why I wanted to work. <laughs> this is why, you know, I created a campaign for Bellis that, uh, won a harebrained video award. I never looked to see what another beauty school was doing. That didn't inspire me. I yeah. went to South by Southwest and I sat in classes taught by, you know, Lululemon, Nike, Coca-Cola, 
bigger brands out there. And I thought, how can I take what these people are doing and create campaigns for the beauty school I was working at? And that's what you have to do. Quit looking at your competitors, get smart and come up with content and come up with ads that your lead would want to click on. Not that would impress your owner. Yeah. That's really, that's really insightful. I love that. Um, Great points for sure. You talk about our audiences are getting younger. They're getting more savvy, obviously on social. So how do you get creative with those audiences? Like I know that you are, you know, on the TikTok, but tell me a little bit about like, I am on the TikTok. (laughs) I love me some TikTok. (laughs) How do you reach, how do you reach them right now in high school, graduating high school? Like what's the demo? What's the plan? What's the strategy? That's a really good question specifically because schools aren't asking it. What they're doing is they're looking for leads and potential students to adapt to them. I like being on the phone. So you better answer this call if you want a tour. No, they don't want to talk to you on the phone. Mm -hmm. Y'all text them, text them, text them. And they spend all this time creating these email funnels. Who's checking email? I'm deleting every email I get, (laughs) unless it's from someone I know. You know what I mean? Yeah. we are spending all of our time trying to trying to get these young people to adapt to us. We need to adapt to them, period. And schools yes. aren't doing this. They aren't doing this. Huh. And so what can you do? You can add things to your curriculum that these kids want. Hmm. For example, uh, influencer marketing. Who's teaching yep. that? Why isn't there a workshop in every beauty school in the nation talking about how to become an influencer after you have your license, how to get brand deals? Like these are things that schools can be doing to attract new, you know, new talent, new students. Uh, Yeah. I mean, texting, speaking their language. TikTok is another one. I could talk for days about TikTok, but I will just say there are schools that are afraid of it. Like I've talked sure. to a couple of schools that say we'll never be on it. They're stealing our information in China. Like I, I, I don't know. Yeah. And, <laughs> and so they just don't want to deal with it. Yeah. I'm so sorry. But like, imagine you said that in 2008 with Facebook. Right. How embarrassing. That's not going to age well. <laughs> That's not going to age well. <laughs> I love that. So recruitment, um, you know, huge, obviously. So here's the real question. You know, if you think about if we dive a little bit deeper into TikTok, are there schools out there that are doing it well? You mentioned some are afraid, but you know, who's doing it well, or what would be some tricks and tips to, to do it well? If we have school owners out there going, I don't even know where to start. Again, I'm not on TikTok. I don't know who can do it. Like, where do you even start? You start with me because I have a mastermind that I'm launching next month. Amazing. Ooh, okay. Tell me more. (laughs) Yeah. So um, this is something I'm passionate about because no one's talking about it. There's other digital marketing agencies that say, like, we'll make a TikTok for you. And I'm like, how are you making a TikTok for them when you live in New York and the school is in Ohio? Like, how Mm -hmm. are you doing that? These people need to be making their own TikToks. Mm -hmm. So when I talk about TikTok, I am not talking about ads, Kelly. Don't waste your money. Don't do it. And um, there's some people that might disagree with me on that. But like right now, I think it's too early. You can go viral with zero followers and not spending a dime. Why would you make an ad? The way the algorithm is set up right now, they are rewarding people who are who are quick to jump on trends who maybe don't have followers. And so I understand TikTok because I personally use it and I use my own tips and I've gone viral over and over using my own tips. So how can schools use TikTok effectively? They can jump on audio trends. They can stop being commercials. I ran into a school last week at CQ it's a higher ed conference. And they were talking to me about TikTok and they said, Jen, we have all these graduates where we just like want to film them like quick little one minute blurbs about what they're doing now. And I was like, I wouldn't watch that on TikTok. Like, have you been on TikTok? TikTok is for <laughs> entertainment. Like yeah. you just want to zone out. Like I'm not going to sit there yeah. and listen to someone talk for two minutes about <laughs> why they chose this school. Like that's embarrassing. Fair point. Yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> There's a time and a place for that. Like you put that on your website, put it on your Instagram, leave it yeah. off TikTok. TikTok is supposed to be fun. You're yeah. supposed, and you're also supposed to show that you're an expert in an area. Mm-hmm. So beauty schools have it better than like, let's say a nursing school, right? Like mm-hmm. you could only have 
so many videos on how to, I don't know, like take blood pressure. But when you're in beauty school, (laughs) you can do like really quick, fun hair hacks or makeup hacks. And so it doesn't always have to be funny, but you can show your expertise in that way. So if I'm a beauty school, I'm going to jump on audio trends and you have to be on the platform to know what's trending. And I'm going to show that I'm an expert in this area and it's not going to be a commercial. And so my company, Beauty Schools Marketing Group, is launching a TikTok mastermind next month. And you can just, you know, put in teachers, you can put in your admissions, or if you have a social media coordinator at your school. But I want to teach schools how to do TikTok the right way because most Amazing. of them are either not doing it or they're doing it the wrong way. Okay. Good to know. You're right. Because it is intimidating, right? Just back in, yeah. you know, 10 years ago when the Facebook was around. I mean, is the Facebook going to stay around? Like I could just have my yeah. like, niece do it. If I had a nickel for every time I heard that, <laughs> right? right. And here we are, it's this medium that has completely changed our lives, our communication, our world. So certainly got you on that point. So if it's we pick not a fad little- anymore, Kelly. And I think yeah. that, and that's what you were hearing right. with Facebook back in the day. This is a right. fad that's going to go away. Right. It's not a fad. It was the most downloadable app in 2020. And the majority of people right now, like 70% of people on TikTok are Gen Z and young millennials. These yeah. are the people that you want in your schools. Right. You go where they are. And yeah. people always say like, what, what's your favorite, you know, social media platform. I, I see that kind of stuff all the time on LinkedIn. Like what's your favorite social media <laughs> platform for marketing? And I always say wherever your audience is. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> if your audience is like, you know, older professional people, LinkedIn is great for you. Mm-hmm. But if you're a beauty school, go where your audience is. Go where they are for sure. So pivoting a little bit, um, you talked a little bit about data and making sure that both, you know, the end user as well as beauty schools are taking a look at data. When when you look at that and and you kind of parse out you know, some of the trends, what do you believe is a deciding factor when a student comes to look at schools? Is it price? Is it education? Is it location? Is it educators? Is it those offerings that they do or do not have? Like what, what are some of those deciding factors? That's a really good question. Cause this is something that schools get wrong. Okay. There's a difference between a recruiting factor and a retention factor. Okay. 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 Let me yep. just, let's break down this really quick. If you're in school you start to learn different product lines. You start to learn about different career paths, okay? You start to learn about different trends that you'd never even heard of. This happens when you're in school. There could be like a guest celebrity artist that you weren't familiar with, but three years into your time at a school, you're like, oh my goodness, now I'm excited. Schools make the mistake of taking things that are retention, right? Like that would really excite okay. me as a student and saying, okay. oh, this is going to attract new people. No, it's not. These kids that are just filling out a form on our website on beauty schools directory, all they know is that they want to do makeup and hair. They want to be a salon owner. It's a lot more simple. And so I feel like schools sometimes get all these retention ideas Hmm. and they think that's going to like bring new people into the career. It's not. And so the best campaigns are very, very simple and they, they speak the language of the student. So if you're in admissions, you will know that like 90% of the kids that come in say, I want to own my own salon. Kelly, you and I both know these kids aren't going to own their own salon. Like they might one day, Uh right. But they're not going to graduate and own their own salon. But if I'm a beauty school, use that as a marketing tool. We will teach you, you know, our curriculum takes you through business and marketing so that we can teach you how to own your own salon. That is a great marketing tactic, but once they get in school, they'll figure out, oh my goodness, I can take my career Mm. in different, different other ways. Good point. Um, So another deciding factor is going to be cost, not necessarily how much it costs, but how much they can get financed for. Okay. Mm. So they're going to apply for financial aid. And if they can get mostly finance, like they're going to choose your school if it's decent. I will also say, this is something that schools are not thinking about that they need to be. One of the top deciding factors Kelly, let me just ask you, like when you go on Yelp to go find a yeah. restaurant, are you going to go to a one-star place? No. And nope. that is exactly how our students feel. The first mm. place they go when they're looking to go to school is they go to Google. And if you have terrible reviews, they're not going to click on your school. Yeah. And yep. when yep. they put your address on their iPhone app, when they type it in to go meet with you on a tour, do you know what shows up? Your Yelp review. Mm-hmm. 
it shows up right there. So schools need to focus on online reputation. Yeah. Okay. That was a lot to break down. A lot of really good nuggets of information, especially the recruitment versus retention, right? So you see beauty schools that are like, we are a matrix school. Yes. Huh, right. And people are like, yes. huh? what is matrix? matrix? Who's yeah. that? Well, who is this person? I don't know. Right. Yeah. But or Kelly, may, they're talking yeah. about like, we have the pivot point lab curriculum. Great. It's a pivot like, point. What right. is that? Exactly. What's a pivot point? What is that? Once you get in school, a lab is amazing. You you get an iPad and your curriculum's online and or Milady has one that's really great. No one knows what that is until they get in school. So stop thinking wow. it's going to attract someone. That's really, really great. (laughs) That is great. I love it. Okay. So do you feel, you know, again, uh, kind of a a pivot here, um, but do you feel as though beauty schools are held to a current industry standard as trends are evolving quickly? So, you know, one thing that we've heard pretty consistently across the pod is, you know, we've brought on the, you know, hair texture experts, you know, thinking of like diversity and inclusion and like, what are we teaching from a barbering perspective? Like are beauty schools evolving? Are, you know, are we behind from a school perspective in what we're teaching our students? Um, Give me your thoughts on that. No, we are not up to standards. And there's a couple of reasons for that. One is the allotted hours, you know, that every state has a variety of hours for cosmetology, Mm -hmm. right? Like California now is a thousand hours. And then there's other states where it's 1800 hours. You're talking about an 800, I mean, 800 800 hour difference. Mm -hmm. And so you can only fit so much into the hours that you're at school. So that is a challenge for schools. But another thing that they're not doing well is adding just a simple workshop or a guest speaker. Like they have their curriculum and this is what it is and they don't change it. I find that schools that are more like small chain schools actually have an advantage than a bigger chain school because a bigger chain school has a lot of red tape. So you could be a local franchise of something. And if you want to like add something to the curriculum, you got to go all the way, you know, Mm -hmm. up the line. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times like your curriculum doesn't change and it's been the same for, you know, 10 or 15 years. But for sure, you know, diversity in hair care, there's not a lot being taught on that. Um, A lot of schools now are doing eyelash extensions, but you know, what about hair extensions or eyebrow lamination or just what all these new things coming out, we need to be adding workshops and certifications for these things. Okay, great. Do you see a shift in where students are wanting to specialize post-grad? So you mentioned you know, if it is extensions, if it's brow lamination, if it's lashes, um, you know, where are the students headed? Do you have any data points on kind of where that's going? Yeah. I mean, it's a great question. I just don't have the answer for it. So I really work more with schools looking to recruit students after that. I'm not sure, but I can tell you that a lot of graduates end up coming back to schools for some of these specialized certifications. So I do know that like if schools offered that, that would bode well for their alum. I also know that today, a lot of people are talking about influencer marketing. Like, Mm -hmm. again, like, why isn't there a program for this? Why Why aren't we teaching people how to have these brand deals? And then I would just say overall, a lot of people want to be freelance, right? Like they don't Mm -hmm. want to work for a salon. And so there needs to be a shift in schools with teaching more business savvy. Totally. So that people know, like, do I set up an LLC? Do I set up an S corp? What's the difference? Mm. How do I go about, you know, inventory ordering and how do I come up with a contract for my brides? If I'm doing a bridal party, like they they don't want to do that. And that would be to me, like, such a great course. And that would just elevate a school. Yeah. Very smart. Love it. So if we talk a little bit about getting past the stereotypes of beauty school or trades, and and before we hit record, we were kind of wrapping on this. And, you know, I think one of the reasons I love the industry is that my mom was a stylist and salon owner for 40 years. And so for me, you know, I looked up to her and do look up to her and thought how wonderful that every day that she goes to work, she's changing someone's life. You know, nobody maybe sometimes, but usually do not leave the salon going, ah, I feel terrible, right? 
So, you know, there are stereotypes into, you know, the trades of which beauty school is one of them. Mm-hmm. You know, um, why do you think that there is still that stereotype today? Or maybe you don't think there is. Comment on that, if you will. I think the stereotype is changing because okay. Gen Z is changing everything for us. So you had this baby boomer generation that was all about working for 60 years and then calling yep. it a day, right? Like that, then I want to retire and I'm just going to, you know, work my job for 40 grand, never ask for a raise. This is my life. Um, and then, I mean, you know, you had millennials who kind of changed the landscape with that of like, no, like I'm, I'm not going to stay at a job for 40 years. I'm going to stay at a job for two and a half years and I'm going to work myself up a ladder. You have Gen Z that's coming in here. That's saying, we actually don't even want to work. Like we want to work maybe a few days a week, but then we want to take off a month and we want to go to Europe. So we're going to find out ways to make a ton of money in a short amount of time. I just want to work nine months and then I want to be off for three months. Like they are completely shifting the landscape of what work looks like. And so I feel like the stigma is, is a lot better Mm -hmm. when it comes to beauty schools, because this is a career where you can do that. You know, I I have friends that decide to work hard all summer long. They book themselves every Saturday and Sunday for strictly doing weddings. And then throughout the year, they'll work like one or two days a week, but they've made so much money over those four months, you know, in the summer when they're completely booked for weddings, that they don't have to hustle hard the rest of the year. This mm-hmm. is a career where you can do that. And I think that's fantastic. So yeah, I, I think things are getting better in that area. I like it. I feel like there's this shift on the horizon, like pandemic kind of pushed it there. Right. And now people are like, what I can, I can do extensions in the salon suite and make 120 grand easy, uh-huh. like, and work three days a week. Uh-huh. I mean, that's what I would do. Oh yeah. 100%. <laughs> I love it. Oh my gosh. It's amazing. Okay. So if you have a beauty school student, it's them or their family, and they're hesitant about joining beauty school or the beauty industry, what do you say to them? What does the school say? Like, how do they, you know, get them over the finish line? Yeah, that's a good question. So (laughs) a lot of times when someone comes to tour school, they will bring that parent that's Mm -hmm. sitting there with their arms folded, thinking you need to go to nursing school. Mm -hmm. What I love is schools that tell a story of those people. So I did that when I was at Bellis. I remember we had a whole campaign about how you shouldn't be ashamed to be a college dropout and how Mm -hmm. 27% of people with a bachelor's degree aren't using it and how 50% of people who start school at a four-year school aren't going to finish. So I think making sure that the parent and the student knows, listen, you don't have to enroll here. This is your life. You do whatever you want. But I think at some point you're going to have to ask the question, like, am I happy doing what I'm doing? And I would rather you pursue your passion now and get into a career you love than some of our people right now in our haircutting class who went to nursing school, who hated their job or who dropped out of school. And now they're in so much debt and now they're having to take Mm. out, you know, a third party private loan to come here, you know, tell those stories of those people who, who chose that other path and weren't happy. Right. I love that. That's great. Marketing is storytelling, Kelly. We have to tell better stories. (laughs) I love that. Um, okay, great. Any sort of things that we didn't touch on that you want to share with our audience? You know what? I just want to share that. I think it's really cool that in Hollywood, all these celebrities tag their stylist, their makeup squad, their glam squad. They Mm -hmm. did not do this before. You know, people used to walk the red carpet and it was just like, who are you wearing? And now they're, they're commenting like your hair looks amazing. And I think it's, I think it's fantastic that you have people like Chris Appleton or Jen Atkin who, yeah. who have made careers because their celebrity clients boast them. And this is something that, you know, I'm really excited about um, for the future of beauty professionals. You have people who are your champions and, yeah. and I love it. I love it too. We interviewed Frederick Espera and he's actually Lady Gaga's longtime stylist. And um, he was amazing. And, you know, it was interesting. My co-host Jeffrey interviewed him and it was said it was one of the first times that he was on, you know, a media platform talking about his 
profession and his career. And I thought, why is that? Right. You know, I mean, what an accomplished, accomplished stylist. And that's what we're here for at the tease is to bring those stories forward. So beauty schools can go look, right. This is, this is the career that you can have. And we're the first step in achieving that career. So, so wonderful. Your insight is amazing. I mean, I can tell why you're, you're, you're the one, you're the one to go to. I, yeah, I love it. I'm always coming up with it. My brain never shuts off. I'll lay in bed and I'll be like, oh, I have an idea. Like that's all the time. That's amazing. So as we wrap out our interview, um, we have this little section called the tease quick takes and we would love your quick takes on a couple of things. Some are industry related, some are inspirational, aspirational, you name it. So the first one is, do you have a quote that you love that we must hear? Actually, I'm staring at it because it's on my letter board in front of me. My favorite show is Mad Men. I consider myself oh, the Don so Draper of beauty schools. I've been <laughs> that forever. I'm like, I'm the Don Draper of beauty schools. I come up with crazy ideas. Love um, it. But one of his quotes was spend 50% of your time writing your headline. And I, I just think that's a fantastic quote. And that's it's good. so good for marketers. That's amazing. All right. What was your last Google search? The CMA Fest lineup. <laughs> it is CMA Fest in Nashville yes. this week. And and I, we did chat a little bit about that. So who's who who are you looking for in the lineup? Like who's your favorite? Who's there well, that you must see? What you know, is I'm not a huge country fan. And okay. so the fact that they're bringing back some of these old timers. Yeah. I'm from Canada and okay. Canada has this like rule on the radio stations. A lot of people don't know about this, but 30% of the music they play has to be by Canadian artists. I don't know if it's like, oh. that now. that's how it was back in the day. And so, yeah. So when I grew up, it's like, you heard Brian Adams, Celine Dion, like, like the couple <laughs> Canadians over and over. Oh and I know like every other song. Right. And so, um, there was this Canadian artist, her name is Michelle Wright. And she was a country artist in the early nineties. And I was a huge fan of hers and I got to see her last night and she's performing again on Sunday. All right. So, uh, yeah, just wanted to, I needed to see my Michelle Wright and no one knows who she is, but me, but it's on loop in your head, like in those Canadians, right? (laughs) Yes, it is. Isn't that funny? Okay. What is the cringiest trend that you've ever tried? <laughs> oh, I have one. Okay. okay. It, and it's recent. Okay. The over the overfilling of the eyebrows. So mm-hmm. my, um, you know, I'm a child. I was born in the eighties. So I'm in high school in the early two thousands, mm-hmm. Christina Aguilera era, right? Like when we all took mm-hmm, off our eyebrows, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. unfortunately, you know, they didn't quite grow back. And so, um, <laughs> a couple years ago, everyone was like crazy thick drawing in their eyebrows. Uh-huh. Yeah. I joined that trend you and someone, okay. someone on TikTok commented, you need to soften those brows. Sis. Oh, oh. And because I'm so good at making <laughs> criticism, I was like, yeah, you're probably right. And I did. <laughs> oh, I love it. What a feedback loop. <laughs> That's great. All right. What animal are you most like? I am most like a dolphin. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I've never met a stranger. I'm very sociable. Okay. Um, so uh, dolphins are really good at nonverbal communication. Mm-hmm. That's how like, they speak to each other. Uh-huh. And that's me. You can see on my face how I feel about you at all times. <laughs> well, like I've had a lot of Botox, so not completely, but I mean, for the most part, you can see where I stand with you. So. <laughs> I'm that's also awesome. like very protective over people that I love. And that's okay. another quality of a, of a dolphin. Yeah. I love it. What is one product that you cannot live without? Oblifica Seaberry Hair Serum is huh. my favorite product. Hands wow. down. If you have frizzy hair, if you live in the South, you just put a little bit of the serum on your hands okay. and run it through and you get the smoothest hair all day. And not too heavy. Like it's weighed down. No, it's great. Yeah. It doesn't make my hair feel heavy. And I actually have naturally curly hair. Oh, wow. I am prone to going outside and being a frizz ball, but this hair serum is my favorite. I love it. All right. And last but not least, what is some advice for those who want to make it to the top of our industry? I'm going to give you some advice that I personally have taken that has done me well in life. Never burn a bridge. 
Mm-hmm. You never know who you're going to need down the road. And I don't care if someone has done you wrong. If you quit a job, whatever it is, don't burn a bridge. Uh, to me, my reputation and integrity mean more than anything to me. And that can be destroyed in a second. Okay. Yep. You can spend years building a reputation and then you can be Catherine Heigl who storms out of <laughs> <laughs> you know, Grey's Anatomy and no one will yeah. So just don't burn a bridge in this industry mm-hmm. uh, because it is a very small industry. We yep. all know each other mm-hmm. and you never know who you're going to need down the line. I love it. That's wonderful. So thank you so much for your time today, Jen. This was so fun. Your energy is absolutely contagious and your expertise is second to none. So thank you for sharing with our audience. Thanks for having me. And now side note, like I would love to hang out with you again. Let's do it. <laughs> Amazing. I love it too. Where can we find you? Where can we find the uh, masterclass that you're doing? Like where can we follow all of your great advice and work? So I am Jen with two N's, like Jennifer without the iffer. <laughs> <laughs> I dropped that iffer in 1998 and went to just solely Jen. <laughs> so Jen Lyles, it, it's my handle for everything. Jen underscore Lyles is my handle okay. on TikTok, Instagram, everywhere. But you can email me at jen.lyles at beautyschools.com. And to find out about um, that really great TikTok mastermind that I would love to have any school a part of. Amazing. We'll put it in our show notes too. Um, we'll cool. follow up with you just so everyone has that as well. Awesome. Thank you so much. This was Thanks, great. Guys. This was fun. I appreciate you reaching out to me. All right. I mean, this is such an interesting subcategory of like marketing and, and making sure that we're reaching people who are thinking about or not even thinking about mm-hmm. beauty school. So mm-hmm. I loved hearing more about the things that she's done in her career and excited for her as the new executive director of Beauty Schools Marketing Group. All right, everyone, be sure to hit subscribe, rate and review, and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok at Read the Tease. And send in questions to volumeup at thetease.com. Volume Up is a Tease Media production. This episode was produced by Monica Hickey and Madeline Hickey. Brian Daly is our editor and audio engineer. Thank you to our creative team for putting together the graphics for this episode.